Good and locked on Anaheim Ducks. It's Goals Thursday and San Diego finally ended their road losing streak. And I'll be joined once again by John Broadbent from Defend the Nest on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Also, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. On Twitter, I'm StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. If I sound like I'm in a better mood today, that's because I didn't have to watch the Ducks lose again. But we're not talking about the Ducks today. It is Goals Thursday. We're talking about the Ducks minor league team because they just came off of a a pretty fun win. It was a fun game to watch. And I'll talk more about that after the first segment. Let's go right into this weekend's action. Actually, the past weekend's action. They were in Las Vegas, even though they were playing the Henderson Silver Knights. That arena is currently being built. So for now, they are temporarily playing at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. For those that follow minor league hockey and have been doing it for a while, the Orleans Arena is the former home of the Las Vegas Wranglers of the ECHL. So that arena has not seen hockey for a very long time. And hey, if there were fans there, they would be thrilled to see hockey action. Friday's game, not much to write home about. It was a very good win for the Henderson Silver Knights, who are among the league leaders. As a matter of fact, they were, I think, first place in the division for a while there. Henderson got off to a fast start, as they always do. Jake McLaughlin scored in the first. Then Dylan Sakura, remember him? Sakura scored on the power play, making it 2-0. Chase DeLeo then scored on a power play, making it 2-1. Patrick Brown scored 3-1. The goal that I saw in the third period was nothing short of amazing. Jamie Drysdale, he had a wicked sniper shot to make it 3-2. That was an amazing shot, folks. He's that good. He snipered it right from the blue line and just let it rip. That was a pretty decent shot from the blue line. That's something that Drysdale is very good at. Got it right past Oscar Dansk. I mean, that was the final score, 3-2, to two, but good on Jamie Drysdale. That was his fourth goal of the season, assisted by Trevor Carrick and Benoit Olivier Gruel. But it wasn't enough. 3-2 to two was the final. That was last Friday, February 26th. Then we got to the Saturday game on the 27th. This is the game I want to talk a little bit more about because I did watch this one. I mean, I watched highlights of the other game as well and watched a little bit more in-depth on that goal. But Saturday's game, ooh, that was a fun one because, hey, at least the goals were in it for about 48 minutes of the game for what it's worth. You had the same lineups of DeLeo Carrick Kindop on that first line and you had Drysdale and Lowe on that top D pairing. But the rest of the lineup, it was looking a little bit, I mean, empty there. They were looking a little bit tired after the previous night. I mean, yes, there was some fisticuffs early on. I did like that Jamie Devan really got into the box. And this was after Jeff Gloss got annihilated. He got pummeled in goal. And that's when all hell broke loose. You had Jamie Devan fighting. Then you had others joining in. You had 
Braden Tracy in there. You had Hunter Drew getting in there. You had Thomas Jerko. Thomas Jerko was getting into this for crying out loud. Yeah, it was all kinds of players. All hell broke loose the final five minutes of that first period. It was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was fun to watch all that happening. Thomas Jerko. You don't expect Thomas Jerko to fight. Are you kidding me? With about five minutes left, Pavel Dorofeyev scored for Vegas. I'm going to call them the Las Vegas Silver Knights because they play in Vegas. So Dorofeyev scored, making it one nothing Knights. Then there was the whole line brawl. Yeah, Hunter Drew. He threw some haymakers, baby. He was going left and right. But the best part about that, even Jamie Drysdale was getting in there. When you have Jamie Drysdale mixing it up, hey, that is pretty damn entertaining. I don't care who you are. Drysdale is the real deal. And if you can get a couple of fights out of him, hey, you know what? You didn't sign up for that. That's just a bonus. I like that Drysdale stuck up for his teammates. It doesn't matter what you say about the 18-year-old kid. Yeah, he will get in there. He'll get in there when he wants to. I was kind of laughing like, oh my God, really? Drysdale? You're only 18. You can't protect the kid at all times. Then finally, with about eight seconds left, San Diego got on the board. Yeah, it was a really good two-man advantage. The goals were on the power play. Then it was two-man advantage. Then Andrew Agazino scored on the two-man advantage. And that was a tie game with only seven seconds left. So it was one-to-one. That was a fluky goal. It was fluttering. It barely found Andrew Agazino's stick. So San Diego then had a power play for the next minute 23 of the second period. But Vegas did outshoot the goals 10-5. After that, it was pretty much just a free-for-all after that. Big saves by Jeff Glass, who was starting in place. I mean, he's the third string goalie for the goals, and he had some massive saves. There was a breakaway attempt as a power play expired. Keaton Korzak nearly put the Knights ahead, but got robbed by Jeff Glass. So then the goals went on another penalty kill. Oh, by the way, San Diego, at the start of the second period, they had already committed four penalties. Then that was their fifth penalty kill. And something I want to talk about is Jamie Drysdale. And I mentioned this on another podcast. He creates so much space for himself. And he did it again on Wednesday night. I'll talk about that later. With nine minutes left in the second period, Bryce Kindop had a blast on a perfect assist from Sam Carrick. And that was just on the tip-in to the goalie's left. That made it 2-1 to one, San Diego. Sam Carrick with some amazing handwork there. A sweet assist there. But then right after that, some sloppy defense. Dylan Sakura got a Henderson goal, making it a 2-2 tie. And by the way, the town crier was there, and he wanted a shirabere. Yes. Yeah, that, that was weird. That was weird to me to watch. I mean, kind of cool to see the town crier there. I get it. But, you know, it is what it is. So then you had Jamie Drysdale from House San Diego creating more space for himself and almost getting a go-ahead goal later in the second, but it was to no avail. I cannot do this anymore. I just can't. All right. 
So it was 2-2 two to two after two periods. It was a crazy period. There was penalty after penalty. It was a sixth power play for Vegas. That didn't work. Agazino tapped the puck away from the blue line and then drew another penalty. So it was 4-on-4. Four four. The goals had 43 seconds of power play time left in the third period and did absolutely nothing with it. Oi. After that, it was all Henderson. They really put it away. Jake McLaughlin got a second. And then the empty netter by Gage Quinney gave it a 4-2 final score for the Henderson Silver Knights. And that was yet another loss for the San Diego Goals at the time. We will talk about Wednesday night's game momentarily. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com which has all the parts your car will ever need. Maybe you need a part for, I don't know, you drive a Ford. Maybe you drive a Chevy or a Toyota. RockAuto.com has the parts for you. They have been family owned and operated for over two decades and they charge less than half of what the big box stores charge. When you go to RockAuto.com in the How Did You Hear About Us box, tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you once again that is rockauto.com all the parts your car will ever need coming up after the first intermission i'll be joined by john broadbent and we're going to talk about the goals victory against the ontario rain stay locked in Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need, Locked On Anaheim Ducks. And it's even better now because I'm joined once again by John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. John, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, great. Thanks to be back. Hoping for another. <laughs> great. That was a, another great wrap up of some awesome girls hockey. Yeah, I'll say. Um, you and I both saw, at, albeit at different times, we saw the last game that took place last night, Wednesday. This is Goals Thursday. That was a fun one to watch, wasn't it? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, very much so. Considering that we just watched some pretty, uh, how would you describe it? Um, sad losses. I mean, they were yeah. close, but it just sucked to lose to, to the Silver Knights in that fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, or, sorry, the uh, Daft Punk tribute band, as I've started calling them. <laughs> the Daft Punk tribute um, band. Hey, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I mean, the goals have not gone around the world like everyone else. Ha! Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. I mean, the good thing about this... I, I, and hey, true. Um, and I think I've said before, but the good thing about those helmets is like they're in Vegas, so they can go out to any uh, bachelor party straight after the game and fit right in. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of around the world, you're halfway around the world right now. So technically, you saw this game on Thursday. Yes, you, I did. You saw it. Uh... And it's currently two hours until Friday, but yeah. <laughs> What's Friday? I'm kidding. So, but I did get to watch this one live. That was a fun one. So we'll quickly talk about Wednesday's game and have any thoughts on this. Uh, it started off pretty well for the Ontario Reign. This was probably the best start the Reign have had all season long. So much so that I actually remarked next to me, where has this Reign team been all season long? They had a terrific first seven minutes of the game where they were at one point out shooting the goals, I want to say 7-1, to one, and Cameron Gauntz got his first of the season. That made it one nothing rain right away. But then after that, it was all San Diego. 
as B.O. Gru got his third of the season on a pretty nifty pass from Andrew Podorowski. Potsy got his seventh of the season, his seventh apple. So that made it one-to-one tie. Honestly, San Diego was a little bit lucky that Ontario didn't score more because Ontario came out firing on all cylinders. It took almost two and a half minutes for the San Diego goals to finally get a touch on the puck. Where, I mean, you, you saw that. They looked lost for the first stanza of that first period, didn't they? Yeah, Ontario has improved a lot since the girls last saw them. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say on that that first rain goal, um, I noticed that, yeah, that was all on Benoit. He got he got caught um, being engaged with Byfield. Yeah, um, he did. Up near the blue line. Yeah, so that led to the old man opportunity down low. Yeah, it was, it was um, a really fluky four-on-four four right there. And then, I mean, and the goals got lucky with Bo Gruel's goal because Grosnick probably wants that one back. Yeah, he, um, abs- he absolutely wants it back. Um, yeah. It was a tricky shot, to be fair, but he really should have stopped that. <laughs> yeah, he, he should have. Uh, one note that I did make in the first period, and I alluded this to you while we were not recording. Um, so there was an injury that took place in the first period, and this was after the final TV timeout where Laredo had to be helped off the ice. In fact, uh, Laredo, he was in a little bit of pain, so he got helped off the ice, which would explain to goals fans why he was not out there. So for those of you that were watching and didn't see that, that's what happened, is he had to be helped off. So there you go. Live action. (laughs) Yeah, and it's good you were there to see that, because I did not see that on on TV at all. Yeah, they didn't Um, catch it on TV. Uh, No one even mentioned it on air. No, like no. Oh, and I had the I had the rain broadcast, so they definitely wouldn't have picked it up. Yeah, um, actually, I will make a note on the rain broadcaster. So I'm going to write that down on my notes. Rain broadcaster. I do want to make a shout out to that after we talk about this game. So in the second period, <laughs> okay. no, there's a specific note, and I and I'll explain why. So second period, right, okay. San Diego, good start. Chase DeLeo, who I apparently did not know that he blocks people on Twitter. <laughs> But uh, this was Chase DeLeo. It's a, it's a long story. Chase DeLeo's fourth. Well, that could be off air. Fourth of the season. That made it <laughs> two to one San Diego goals. After that, Sam Carrick had to look to the heavens because there was one shot that he missed and another that went off the post. The second shot that he missed, Carrick looked up to the skies as if to say, are you kidding me? That didn't go in. I don't know if that caught on TV, but he had this look of dismay after missing that second shot. <laughs> Did the TV I, I'm catch sorry, I might have missed that one. The TV well, must have missed that I one. Have. I still have AHL TV problems with the time traveling, so sometimes it misses things. But Yeah, yeah anyway. and the TV doesn't catch everything. <laughs> but Sam Carrick missed yep. not one or two, but a third shot three minutes after that. Sam Carrick, all he could do is shake his head and kind of give a little smirk as to say, yeah, I should have had that. And he knows it. He knows he should have had that. I'm sorry, Ghost fans that love Sam Carrick, but one of those he probably should have scored, and he knows it. (laughs) But it was hilarious to watch in person. Uh, After that, it was Rasmus Kupari with his second of the season. That was a nice goal. I give more credit to the Artie party, Arthur Kaliev on that one, because he really did a great job creating traffic in front of him and getting a nice pass to a sweeping Rasmus Kapari. I thought that was better offense 
on Arthur Kaliev's part in that second goal for the rain. Yeah, Kaliev was pretty much a tank on that goal. He just pushed his way right through uh, Trevor Carrick. Yes. Um, so that was, yeah, I was looking to see the goals on ice for that goal. And, yeah, Carrick kind of was weak on that check there. And I missed on who actually missed Kupari with picking him up. Um, um, that that should have been either Letary <laughs> might have tried to pick him up there and missed, or Antoine Morand was also in the neighborhood right there. So maybe one of those two guys could have got him. Yeah. If Morand's the center, he probably should have. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Not not his best moment in that game. Uh, then things... I can't hate I can't hate on my 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 homeboy though. Yeah. <laughs> then things got interesting. Anyway, keep going. things got interesting because Jeremy Waugh got called for hooking. So the rain were on a power play, and somehow while they're on the power play, they forgot to count. It was too many men. I don't know what happened there. I was watching the ice and I went, "Oh, that's six. and I immediately looked over and said, "That might be too many. A second after I said it, boom, there's the ref making the call. Too many men for the rain. I don't know what breakdown happened there. But all of a sudden, it's a four-on-four. And that carried over into the third period. Brett Sutter, while on the four-on-four, I don't know. what. Sorry, that was a power play at the time. Brett Sutter sailed that puck over the glass and nearly to where I was sitting I mean, I kind of looked like, hey, I can catch that. Catch it, catch it. No, it landed a few feet in front of me. But hey. You didn't that. bring your mitt? No, I don't bring my mitt. I really should. I'm not a goalie. I don't have a goalie mitt. I don't play goalie. I never have. I'm not a sociopath. There's baseball mitt? People take baseball mitts to hockey games. No, oh, there's a meme. There's a meme going around right now where it talks about the youth hockey positions and anyone that's a youth hockey goalie, they call sociopaths. I call them great oh. heroes. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. So Brett Sutter let that one sail. And all of a sudden the goals have a two man advantage. So what do they do? They bring out their big guns. They brought out Vinny Letary. They brought out Jamie Drysdale. They brought out Potsy. They brought out Sam Carrick. They brought in Andrew Agazino. I know you want to talk about this power play unit, so I'll let you talk about that right now. That was just a brilliant display of power play moving. I mean, and we we both said that um, as compared to that first power play the goals had uh, in the first period, the the Kings were very aggressive. Sorry, the Kings. The Rain were very aggressive in their penalty kill. Um, but on this one, they just stood there. They just absolutely static. The goals were able to move around the box with ease, and the rain just let them do what they wanted. I mean, Podorowski getting that pass across the crease should never happen. Um, and on the second goal, uh, Podorowski again firing that hard slap pass to Carrick. Um, nobody even made any effort to try to deflect that or get a stick in the way. I, I, I They just I stood agree. there. That one I will put on Austin Strand and Cole Holtz. Put a stick on the ice. Have an active stick. They didn't do any of that. And all of a sudden it was 4-2 to two San Diego. I thought that was the game, to be honest. I thought that was it. And then Ontario kind of snuck their way back in a little bit. Tyler Madden with his first professional goal, by the way. This was a big deal around the rink. Everyone was going nuts. Like, oh. that's his first. That's his first. Sure enough, Tyler Madden, welcome to the big leagues, or I guess the minor leagues, but you know what I mean. 
<laughs> Tyler Madden's yeah. first pro goal that made it four to three. And then with 28 seconds left, it was a six on five. Akil Thomas tied the game up on kind of a weird play there. That one went off of his body to go in. That was a weird fluky goal, but the rain will take it very sloppy. Uh, that made it a four to four tie. That one, I'm not going to blame the defense on that one one bit because Ontario just completely... Just a lucky bounce. It was a lucky bounce. It was a weird bounce. That That's yeah. hockey. That happens. I got to give credit to Kale Clegg on that one for moving around and moving the puck as much as he did. And that was a lucky bounce. Akil Thomas, that's the luckiest goal you'll ever have. And then overtime happened. And we're going to leave this one as a bit of a spoiler, not a spoiler. This is going to be a cliffhanger because we're kind of running <laughs> up against the time. So we're going to talk about that overtime after the intermission because I got to read some ads here. So, John, you'll <laughs> mind sticking around for a few more minutes. No worries. While I quickly talk about betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, they have all the sports right now, including NBA, MLB is back. NHL. By the way, they also have AHL games. Don't bet on the rain ever. Anyway, you can go to Bet Online right now and use promo code Locked On to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is BetOnline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. And please gamble responsibly. We'll talk about the overtime of this wild game that took place at TSC. And we'll talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Goals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and special guest John Broadbent from Defend the Nest. And I just want to say really quickly, it has been over a year since I've seen a game at Pachanga Arena. It's been over a year since I've seen all the fans there, including Jeff. I, I miss everyone down there. I miss you guys. It's been too long. I hope I get to see you guys again soon. Yeah, I miss it. <laughs> I'm missing everyone on TV. Yeah. Like, no. The, Actually, the fans are awesome. Go ahead. Oh, you go. oh I was just thinking um, my, my defending this drinking game. It, it, so, it sorely needs updating, but I've got an idea for... Something I could update it with. Oh, which, um, oh please, be, uh, please tell us. How can we update the drinking game? <laughs> Take a sip when you see your cardboard cutout on TV. <laughs> Samantha, if you're listening, okay. <laughs> All right. So we've not talked about the overtime yet. Ducks fans are wondering because I don't think Ducks fans watch this game because they're watching the Ducks game. So, okay, what happened? What happened in overtime? I'll tell you what happened in overtime. Whew, that was a fun one to watch in person. Some great three-on-three -three action. You started off with Jamie Drysdale out there. He looked really good at the start. You had Drysdale. You had Carrick out there. Good first line in overtime, I thought. And there was a couple decent chances on both sides. In fact, San Diego, I thought, had a surefire chance to win the game in overtime, but it just didn't happen. Jamie Drysdale really tried to get it in there. just couldn't happen. And finally, with about two and a half minutes left in overtime, Mikey Isimont was caught holding. I think he was holding. I forgot who was holding. I think it might have been Moran. Moran of yeah. I had that right. He always draws the call. 
You know what's funny? <laughs> I wrote down the penalty. I forgot to write down who he was holding at the time. And I was like, I think that's always was... that's that, that's another feature of my uh, drinking game. When, whenever Antoine Moran draws a call. Hey, there's a drink right there. See, I couldn't drink because I was actually at the game working. <laughs> I can't drink while I'm there. That's after the game. <laughs> I just also want to say that uh, earlier, um, uh, I, I don't know if it was even more intense for you, but, but Anthony Stolas was being a bit uh, overactive at the start of that Ooh, overtime. I have that here. I want to talk about Anthony Stolarz a little bit. Actually, let's do that now. He was very active in the third period and in overtime. Um, he was leaving his crease a little bit more than usual and trying to make the spectacular save, which he did, by the way. He, mm-hmm. he had the one great save in overtime that really saved their bacon, I thought. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, uh, and I was, I was going to mention before with um, when you said Carrick missed all those, all those opportunities, um, that two on nothing that Byfield missed, uh, that probably won. That one probably hurt the most in terms of, oh my God, how did I miss that? Yep. Did you see that bit where he's puck handling uh, and then passed it to Drysdale? And thankfully, Drysdale was able to hold off whoever was draped all over him. Yeah, um, I think just, he was just enough time to get the puck behind the net. I think it was trying to hold off. Maybe it might have been Clegg or it might have been Jersey at the time. But that that save on Clegg, yeah. hey, I'll take it. So we go yeah. into the latter parts of overtime, and it becomes a four on three for the goals. And the goals' first line in overtime did not do much. I hate to say it, but the first line in overtime. I didn't think really did much. Uh, that first power play unit no, was Drysdale, Vinny Letary, Captain Carrick, and Agazino. The puck movement was okay, but they didn't really get any shots away on goal. They maybe had one attempt and that was it. And at the time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, okay, first off, what are you guys doing? You're passing too much. Second off, you've mm. got to put it on net. I don't know if you thought the same thing. Oh, I definitely felt the same thing. I was thinking they weren't getting close enough to the triangle uh wasn't enough movement uh there was like they weren't even trying to find or pick a seam it was just too much static movement so then we got yeah, to the that's all i could really say about that yeah so the second power play that um oh, go I, ahead go ahead sorry just a just a quick shout out to uh to I, i'll not say if i'll get his, his name right um nick brouillard um did nick, you see that move he made oh nicholas brouillard's move yeah i did yeah the seas parted. He just he was in the he was pretty much in the gold zone. Saw that he had the opportunity, just skated it all the way to the rain net. Yeah, it was not only that he like deked out Grosnick in the process and only sort of lost the handle at the end. He but. did. Yeah, it was Bruyard. It was Trevor Carrick, and then you had Podorowski and Chase DeLeo on that second power play unit, which did much better, by the way, thanks in part to Bruyard. But after that. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor Carrick, he had a really good shot on net, but on the rebound right there, Chase DeLeo went five-hole on Troy Grosinick, and that is your game-winning goal. With only 38 seconds left on the clock, turn the lights out at the Toyota Sports Center. The San Diego Goals win their first road game. Finally, it happened. Hallelujah. (laughs) I hear the applause over there. (laughs) <laughs> the goals win it 5-4 to four in a thriller. If you guys missed out on that game, how could you? That game was more entertaining than the Ducks game, folks. If you want to see great hockey, I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast with Josh Nowakowski. I'm going to say it again on Goals Thursday. You're missing out. 
you got to watch the goals. They're a very entertaining team. John, I know you're going to, you'll endorse that till the end of time. How entertaining oh, are these guys? So good. I mean, and this is your atypical rain goals matchup. I mean, not, not the same as always with the fights and physicality. There was some physicality, but uh, always tight, always hard fought. Um, and I was thinking to myself during that game, because the rain have improved so much, um, you can see all the talent really coming through. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, they're going to be so much better than the Ducks and goals soon. Um, but then the way the Ducks are training, they're going to have some pretty high draft picks coming down the line. So it, it could be a pretty tight matchup for years to come with a lot of talent matched up against each other. You know, it's funny that people are saying like, yeah, the rain are better than the record. The rain are better than their record indicates. <laughs> oh, it's yes. so bad. It is so, so bad. The rain are still up but one same, win. At the same time, like they've got all these highly touted prospects. And yes, Tyler Madden looks good and Kupari looks good. But the the rain broadcast was um, pumping the tires of Lias Anderson a bit. And um, he didn't really seem to do much. No, he didn't. Oh, uh, speaking of that, so I do have a note here. I do want to give a quick shout-out, since we're towards the end of the program, I want to give a quick shout-out to Cameron Close, who now, I can now say past tense, was the rain broadcaster. I don't know if you heard at the end of the game. This is his. That was his last broadcast. Oh. Um, I don't know if they caught that on AHL TV, and if it cut off, it sucks to hear that uh this was cameron close's last game with the ontario rain he is moving on uh he's got some other stuff going on but i'll be sure to keep in touch with him so cameron close after four seasons with the ontario rain he will be moving on from the rain and he had a nice little speech at the end of the broadcast thanking everybody thanking all of us that have been around him for a number of years even everyone from the other teams, the um, opposing broadcasters, he mentioned, you know, some of the broadcasters that he's become friends with. So, you know, sad to see him go in the middle of a season, but that's just kind of how things go. So Cameron Close, um, last game as a rain broadcaster, just wanted to give him that quick shout out there. I know it's a rival broadcaster, but he did really thank everybody. And he did say that the goals rain games were some of the most fun ones. He was supposed to leave the previous weekend, but he said, no, I got to come back for this last goals rain matchup. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No, he loves that rivalry so freaking much for what it's worth. Oh, wow. I'm sad. I didn't hear that. Um, final goodbye. I, um, I, uh, he probably, there probably was on the broadcast. I just sort of switched off when the game finished. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's sad if they did. And everybody in the everybody upstairs gave a nice little applause after he gave that speech. So that was really cool to see. Oh, that's awesome. Just on a personal note there. Um, so I did make a note that I did want to talk about Jamie Dreisel a little bit because I noticed this much more in person. He just floats on the ice so much. Mm. He makes so much room for himself across both sides of the ice. I know. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, in yeah, person, well, it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, well, I could say that, and I was thinking to myself tonight while watching it, um, he's clearly the goal's number one defenseman right now. Oh, with, without question. He's their best defenseman by far. It It's only a matter of time before he goes up to the Anaheim Ducks. It should be this season, but given how the Ducks are playing, it might not be. <laughs> Who knows? But how talented is this kid then? He's 18 straight out of the draft, and he's already the goal's number one defenseman. 
Um, there was one moment in the second period where he kind of like floated and held the puck for 17 seconds. That's how long he held the puck. He brought it all the mm-hmm. way from his own defensive zone, crossed the line, crossed the left side with ease, went around, and all of a sudden he's by himself on the point and there was no one within 30 feet of him. And I looked to my left and kind of looked at my buddy's head and went, ooh, man. <laughs> like we, we yeah, both looked that's... and knew. And that's play driving an offense, but he's also that great on defense too. I mean, there was uh, a point during one of the rain power plays where they would have definitely had a very dangerous scoring opportunity had he not blocked um, a pass through on the rush. Yeah, that would have been Uh, on the rain's second power play. That's one of the big aspects of his game is his defense. He's one of the best defensemen that I've seen in a long time come from the Ducks slash goals pipeline yeah i mean and you're right he'll be with the ducks as soon as next year if not sooner um so enjoying while you can goals uh it's been it's been great so far (laughs) i consider myself so lucky that i get to see these goals players live in person i they're so good um what have we not covered that you want to talk about so sorry to segue to the ducks slightly but the trevor zegris um almost michigan first goal um (laughs) That set the set the Twitter sphere on fire. Um, how great is that? Like trying to score your first goal on the on the Michigan. Uh, I do not mind talking about that for the third day in a row because it was that amazing. <laughs> he sorry. almost scored. Um, he almost scored. My goodness. And I just wanted to sort of also put the question out there. Please, please tweet either one of us um, if you are against Michigan goals because. <gasps> I've come across somebody that is. Um, I won't name name, but I just want to know if there's anybody else out there. I can understand because I just want to understand why they wouldn't be. Um, I can see why goalies might not be, um, but then you know some might actually enjoy the, the extra challenge. You know um, what? I'll make it a poll question. Oh yes, I will. I will do that as soon as this episode drops, and bring that up in a poll question, and you see what like, the fans think. Make it a, like a legal question. It's going to like contain all the the rights. So there's no loopholes. Like it has to be. Do you like the Michigan style goal? Is it fun hockey or something like that? Because you Ooh. might have people be like, I like it, but I don't think it's fun hockey or some, some stupid people, stuff like that. Some people legit do not think it's fun hockey, and I think they're wrong. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But there are some How people out there. Fun hockey. I mean, the only other person I could people I could think that don't like it don't like it because they can't do it themselves, um, and they're jealous. Oh, um, I can't do it myself. That's very, very skillful. There's no way I could do that. You know what? Um, I mean, I I do have a couple of those like roller pucks. I might try that tomorrow just for the hell of it. I've got crappy wrists. Like I've always had a terrible shot. So no, there's no way in hell that I could even try that. Um, I've I've got I've got better mitts point. than feet. So there's that. So yeah, the reason I came across this person that didn't like it was because uh, in our hockey um, team we had a tournament we were hosting. In, hosting another team from a different city. And uh, I wasn't playing in this game, but it was one of our senior teams. And uh, they were getting beat, like, badly. It was, like, 7-1 to the other team. And um, so one of our guys, who can do the Michigan, decided, you know what? I'll do the Michigan, because we're losing badly, and I've got time and space, so what the hell? So he did, and then as soon as he did, he got cross-checked in the face by the other team's captain. um, And given some choice words and it started a bit of a brouhaha. Uh, 
And I just, yeah, we were all kind of taken aback by like, you guys were winning by heaps. What's the big deal? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's yeah. one person that didn't like it. <laughs> and I think you mentioned that you wanted to talk about this incident and, you know, it kind of damaged the friendship between the two clubs, unfortunately. Yeah. It's damaged the friendship between the two clubs. And, um, uh, the other person I know that doesn't like the Michigan, um, uh, the only reason I found out was because I was asking him about it because I know that he's talked to this captain guy on his own podcast before. So saying, Hey, next time you get that guy on, ask him what he thinks in the Michigan. Um, and his response was, what, let me guess. He doesn't like it. Like, I don't like it. And I was, I was just like, what, you don't like it. But, um, so yeah, that's just, that's why it's just put me on this rant of trying to find people that don't like it. Cause I can't understand why they don't. Yeah. I, I guess it, in a certain sect of people, I can understand why. But I think a majority of people do love it because we're, we're, seeing, yeah, this, they, we're seeing this more. Yeah, exactly. And um, there's also, okay, a time and a place for it. Like, let's say Zegers in that game, regardless of it being his first ever goal or not, let's say the Ducks were winning 10 nothing or something like that, which, you know, far-fetched whenever, in this current climate would never happen. Um <laughs> And he did it then. Yeah, then that's that's not the right time to do it because that's that's showboating. That's you know adding to the wound. That's it's it's not it's not hockey. It's not fair play. Uh, by the way, I just want to bring this up before we head off. Uh, there was a couple of goals players that were trying the Michigan during warmups today, <laughs> or rather oh. on Wednesday night. Yes, there were a couple of players that were just trying to do it and they just couldn't do it. I did like that Jacob Perot was one of those guys that was trying to like learn how to do it effectively. And I forget who it was that was trying to teach it. Actually, you know who it was? It might have been Paul Dorowski that was putting Ooh. the puck up on his blade and saying, okay, here's how you pick it up, but to control it. And I'm like watching this from afar going, oh, man, there are other guys on the goals trying to do this now, and they're actually practicing this during warm-ups. During warm-ups, they're doing this. That's so, that's so cool. And those two names really stood out tonight, like Perot. Looked really good on that one touch pass back to Chase Galipo. Yeah, he did. Um, and Podorowski was just a beast tonight. Like, I, I was starting to get on him because he hasn't shown much this season. I mean, yeah, he's getting points, but not at the pace that some of the other players are. Um, but, yeah, tonight he was all over the place and clearly driving play. Hey, there was a reason that he was named the second star tonight. There was a big reason, and that was one of them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Uh, we need to head off because it is late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. been going for a while, but where can the fine folks find you online? Where can they find your work? Oh yeah. So defend the nest.com. That's www.defendthenest.com. And on Twitter, defend the nest SD, defend the nest SD. And my podcast is coming. I promise. Um, I have a theme song now though. My musician friend just sent me like another cut and I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure it's good. He sent me about three already and I'm being a bit of a, uh, drama queen about it. <laughs> um, I just want it to be real good. So yeah, it is coming. I promise. And since we're talking about music, a uh, quick shout out. I mentioned them earlier in the week. I will mention them again. So John, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, the music that I've been playing on the background, particularly during Thursdays, they're a San Diego based band, which is why I play them. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the band, well, it's my, so my buddy's name is Morgan, Morgan day. He's the band leader for the mad hat hucksters. And I asked him, I said, hey, can I use music? He said, yeah, sure, go right ahead. Like, since you're doing the goals and you're doing hockey, like, I don't mind if you use the music. So I've been using the Mad Hat Huckster's music, 
for the better part of a month and a half now. So that's what the music is. It is a local band. So local to San Diego. Mad Hat. Go Hatchets. check them out, Gulls fans. Yeah, go check them out. Um, they play music once in a while in the San Diego scene. They play out in like the beach areas. You'll you'll find them busking around once in a while. So and hey, who with people that need support the most during this this COVID years as musicians? Oh, absolutely. And they're they're a fun band to listen to. So once again, Mad Hat Hucksters. So <laughs> thank you once again. I'm going to wrap up by saying you could hear this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Oh. It is a mailbag episode tomorrow. How can I almost forget? I do this every other week where it is a mailbag episode. If you want to drop me a line, send a question at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. It doesn't even have to be about hockey. It could be about other sports. It could be about swing dancing if you want. It could be about beach life. It could be about San Diego. What's some of the best food in San Diego? I can answer that. <laughs> so any question you want anything goes drop me a line at lockedonanaheimducks at gmail.com or just respond to the tweet alright also uh, Twitter is at StimpyJD the show's Twitter is at LO underscore ducks rate, comment, subscribe all that jazz alright John I'm going to have you quack with me to end the show <laughs> on behalf of John and myself this is Jason Hernandez saying for Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying please be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And quack. 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 quack, 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 quack. <laughs> Wait, what? That was a goal. <laughs> oh, the goal. Quack, 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 quack. That was for you, Jeff. <laughs> and ducks and goals fly together.